So we're going to continue on, ladies and gents. How are you guys doing? This is part two of our podcast this week. We're going to talk about some wrestling news. So we're going to get into some of the wrestling journalists exiting from the dirt sheets in the past couple of weeks. We're also going to talk about NXT possibly adding fans back slowly to the crowd. Um, we're going to talk about some racist stuff from Road Dog. We're also going to talk about Kyrie Sane being a part of WWE Japan. And we're going to get into more information about the third-party restrictions implemented by WWE onto the superstars. And we're also going to cover... I think that was it. So that's all we're going to cover in our wrestling news. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of this episode of Down for the Count. It's time to talk about some wrestling news. So let's let's just get this shit out the way now. So Road Dog um, was on Twitter. They they had some spots on Twitter where he was trending. And um, I can't remember who sent it in the group chat, so please forgive me. But um, <clears throat> there was a post sent, and it was like, imagine working for NXT and knowing this guy is, you know, over you. And being a person of color and knowing this guy is over you. So I was like, well, what did he say? And he sent the screenshots into the group chat, and it was pretty fucking <laughs> um, fucked up. So I know that not everybody is going to have the same agreement when it comes to race and and Trump and everything else. And I'm fine with you voting for who you want to vote for. Okay, but when there's blatant racism and blatant disrespect, I mean, it makes me it makes me question your intelligence is, is my point. So, the post was about the Proud Boys. Now, if you don't know who the Proud Boys are, it got started with a net with Vice. And if you don't remember or you don't know, the short answer is um, Dark Side of the Ring comes on the Vice Network. And the Vice Network is known for doing documentaries on controversial things. They did a very great documentary on the coronavirus spreading overseas and how it was trying to be calmed down. They did that um, documentary on the white supremacists and white nationalist groups right before Charlottesville happened. They were doing that. And the same guys that they were talking to about their white nationalist movement were the ones who were marching in Charlottesville. They have done some really great documentaries. And of course, like I said, they have Dark Side of the Ring. They have um, Expensivist with um, Two Chains on their channel. I mean, on their network. They also have Action Brian. I think his name is Action. Um, what is his name? The Chef. It, it is Action Bronson. Okay. So it's Action Bronson. Yeah. And, and also, Action Bronson is a huge wrestling fan. Yeah. And people didn't know that. Like, he's a huge... I think he's he opened... He started a promotion. I don't remember the name of it, though. He did. Um, I remember him mentioning it on... um, uh, What was it? Hot Ones. He was on Hot Ones last season. And he talked about how much he loved wrestling there, too. Yeah. 
but and he he's also he friends could. with Finn Balor, and then I'm done cutting you off. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so there's a lot going on on Vice, but that got started when one of the um, people from Vice was talking about, you know, being extremely patriotic or whatever. So he started the group, the Proud Boys. And when the Proud Boys, Boys started to swing into that neo-Nazi white nationalism, he left. So he's no longer a part of it. Now, here's where it gets murky. There are some Black people and Hispanic people. There are some people of color in the Proud Boys. So not all of them are white nationalists and neo-Nazis, but there are some of them who are. So, So when you are seeing one aspect of the group being represented and the other aspect isn't seen, you don't know, all you know is what you see, okay? So they see the Proud Boys are the ones who are advocating for Trump and repping white nationalism, and that's what they are associated with, not white nationalism. So the post that Road Dog was talking about, or rather that he shared, was by this white woman. Um, let me see if I can share it with, with you guys so you can see. Yeah, there we go. All right. So the post that we're talking about here is this one. So y'all see this picture. This is supposed to be the Proud Boys or people that are part of the Proud Boys, okay? I remember I sent that in the group. Yeah, so it was Janae who sent it. Now, this woman says the new white supremacist, according to Biden, somebody hired him some better investigators to know how to use an actual search engine other than Google. They can't be that damn stupid, can't they? Now, what I understand about what Joe Biden, Joe Biden did mention the Proud Boys because there were some Proud Boys who were online as well as at Trump rallies who were repping the Proud Boys and they were spewing white nationalism rhetoric, which is why Joe Biden said what he said about the Proud Boys. Okay. Now, Road Dog shared this and of course, people commented and responded and there was a guy named Simon Gregory who, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut this guy's name out. This guy basically told him like, hey, you need to Google this shit. He said on Wikipedia, you can see what these people stand for and what they're saying. And of course, he, he continued to uh, spew his rhetoric about how even Wikipedia says they're not racist and all that other kind of shit. So I started going down and looking at some of his comments and it just, the, the racism just continues to spread. <laughs> it, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. So he shares these um, false information posts and on Facebook, when you share information as false, it can be reported as false information because they have bots that will check it. It's either humans or bots that check the shit. Okay. It, it just gets worse and worse as it goes on and of course he's a staunch Trump supporter so what makes me about this more specifically is that he he was somebody that I really liked I, 
I really liked Road Dog. I was a big fan of his when I was wrestling. He was a big component of the wrestling that I watched. I've lived through three eras of wrestling. So you had the Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era, and now you have what they call the PG Era, okay? And we've lived, I've lived more than, more specifically, myself I've lived through three eras of wrestling he was in the first so for me to see somebody that I liked and that I really really admired as a wrestler and as a performer to say this kind of stuff and to spew that kind of rhetoric it hurts because I'm black so if you could spew the bullshit that the president of the United States is saying knowing that what he says is divisive it's false and it's racist and disrespectful how can i trust that you actually aren't a racist yourself if you spew racist rhetoric what am i supposed to think so it makes me angry when you say shit like well forget them that they shucking and jiving asses when your ass was on tv for about 20 years shucking and jiving yourself and you was on tv spewing rhetoric that you got from black performers because i know damn well what no white people talking like you were talking or moving how you was moving so let's just let's just keep it real where do you think you got your attitude your persona from your your whole makeup everything about you has has our culture in it and yet, you don't even respect that shit. That's foul. That's fucked up. It is very, very disrespectful. And if I was a wrestler in WWE and you was just walking around backstage, I promise you, my G, we will have words. Just off of your Facebook alone. I'm going to end it with what Alexis told me to say because I promised her that I would say this. She said, and I quote, fuck Road Dog, <laughs> his goofy ass hair, ripping off, and he's ripping off black culture. I can't, I can't get no better than that. So um, what do y'all think? I mean, he said some, some wild shit. I don't know when was this. It wasn't too long ago. So I've always looked at him sideways since then. So, like, I'm not really, like, horribly surprised by this, really. So I it, so it didn't affect me. And also, I was never really, like, a big Road Dog fan anyways. I never really, like, I don't know. I just, thought, I just never really liked him that much. So that didn't affect me as much as, like, it affected you, Tip Tuff, because I just, I never, I didn't have any attachment for him. I always, I literally cared about every other person in DX besides him. Like, I had no connection, even when he was in, paired with R-Truth and, uh, what, it wasn't TNA. ECW, WCW. I believe. Yeah, so it was deep. Um, even when he was with R-Truth then, I just didn't, I just didn't care. Like, so, um, but the one thing that I do care about and that very concerns me is how many people of color 
who work not only as the is that Aisha Taylor? See, it bothers me because her and it's Aisha Taylor, right? Who's the announcer? I think so, yeah. So I always think it's so weird because there's another black woman named Aisha Tyler, and she does a lot of like the, like the comp. She does a lot of like the nerds, like nerd stuff, hosting like Comic Con and stuff like that. Like she's like, um, she's like really connected with that. So I always get confused. So it's like you have her, you have like Josiah, and like, and now we, and I think all we pretty much put the pieces of when. Um, especially like during once Black Lives Matter started really getting a national recognition and like there was reports that Shawn Michael was going off on another producer about it. Kind of put two like once stuff started happening, like you know, we everyone put two and two together. He's probably on that road dog. Yeah. Well, I came in at the right time. Yeah. yeah. So we like. I think yeah. I think we all collectively, and this is just like not just us, like wrestling fans and we we figured out it was Road Dog that Sean, that Shawn Michael was given a business to as he should. Um, but so like that's what I'm, like I don't I don't care I I, I just don't want him there because I don't I don't like that they might be potentially felt uncomfortable because he's in a higher because you know he's pretty he's up there. Yeah, as, as holding position, so that's what concerns me. I don't care about him as like a person or a human being. I'm concerned about the position that he has and the type of rhetoric that he thinks is okay. Uh, yeah. I just, I just want to chime in real quick because then I gotta go because my phone has less battery than I thought it was going to have. Um, but Road Dog's a piece of shit, and I really hope Triple H is staring at him really weird now. <laughs> Alex is always coming in with the same, bro. Always. <laughs> but I love you guys, I gotta get back, but I just wanna come in and say hi. Okay, have fun. <laughs> well, today everybody spoke except for you. So you can have the last word because I, I don't have anything else to say about it. So yeah, I remember I remember posting this, I think, in our our, our regular group chat about what was happening. And I remember I initially had said Road Dog, and it wasn't you guys, but it was other people who were just like, no, it couldn't have been Road Dog. They were like doing other names. And I'm like, no, I think it's Road Dog. And then when you guys were like, yeah, I think it's Road Dog, I was like, okay, at least I'm not the only one that was like, this has to be about Road Dog. Um, so the thing for me was, um, I remember DX. I honestly didn't really care for them except for, for China. Because I was a really huge fan of the Dudley Boys, so I was like, I don't know what the fuck about the X. Um, uh, not to cut you off, but I just had to get this tidbit. That was the only time I liked Shawn Michaels. Was, was when he the- was at DX. Because I'm still Brett Han- Brett Bret Hart fan. I mean, I'm not Ooh. hardcore like some people, but I still say fuck. I still say fuck Shawn um, Michaels over that to this day so I that's the only time that I liked him it was like a fan 
farted in here. Jesus Christ. Go ahead, Janae. Cut this out. Okay. Um, so yeah, I didn't really much uh care for DX up in China. Um, I was more on the Dudley Boys hype team because I really, really liked him. Um, I just it's really shitty because I remember he would come out in his entrance and, you know, he would have the cornrows in the hair. And if you didn't know somebody, you know, the whole writing was like your whole character was basically taken from black culture. And then for you to turn around and, you know, have these views, it's really shitty. And it really sucks, too, because you do have, you know, African-American performers that are in the WWE. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, as a wrestler, how disheartening that to know that someone that you worked with, someone that has gone on record and on interviews and talked about how much they risk you, but then at the same time, talk about your culture as some huge negative. So, like, I, so, you know, fuck him and the double chin wide ass because he's he a big boy now. Um, so, yeah. Welcome. I'll say this and then we can just go to the next topic. Um, I just want people to just start being a little bit smarter and, and just educating yourselves, at least to the point where you, you can't use the, the ideal of you just being ignorant. It's 2020. Black people have been here for, for years. We're not going anywhere. There are other cultures and other ethnicities here, and they're not going anywhere. White people are not the only people in this world. And I really wish that who, however you feel about it, that you would just get with the fucking program. And then we can all better ourselves just by working together and stop hating other people or just judging us because we're black or a person of color. It's just ignorant and it's stupid, especially if you used to live in a fucking trailer park. How dare you look down on me for living in the projects and your ass was two roads over. Like, come on. It's it's 2020. Get your shit together. And if you older. I don't think you better anybody. I mean, I'm 30. I'm going to be 34 in a couple months. And I've never treated anybody like that. I don't care what you look like as long as you're a good person. Say, I'll, I'll fuck with you. I don't have a problem with that. Just get over it. God, just Jesus. It's so, it just make you not have no faith in people. It's just so annoying. Let's, let's move on. I don't know. That's, that's why, just, that's what he get. And that's why he was the most irrelevant person in DX. So that's his fault. <laughs> Even Xbox lame ass was. <laughs> I feel bad. I'm like, I can't do it, you guys. <laughs> so NXT may start having crowds. Oh God! So not in Florida. Yes. <laughs> so first off, before I before we start going to NXT having crowd, I do want to give a shout out to Jordan Grace. 
because Jordan Grace got married and she looked so pretty um, in her wedding dress and she married her fiance and they look very, very happy. So congratulations to you, Jordan. You got married. Um, shout out to her, whoever did her makeup. I feel bad. I forgot her name. Um, she's actually in one of the, the wrestling face book groups I'm in, the girl who did her makeup for the day. She did a very good job because she looked beautiful. I loved yeah. it. All right. Do we so, want to talk about makeup briefly? <laughs> I feel like that's been like a huge problem, especially like with like you and Alexis. Like I know makeup, but I don't I don't notice some things as much as like you two would. I just <laughs> notice that it doesn't look right. I don't know the specifics. And I think that'd be a good thing for you to touch on. Yeah. Um, okay. So when I think about when I when I think about the makeup, especially for both men and women, because the men wear makeup too. My issue with most times of the makeup is that I wanted to look as I wanted to enhance their natural beauty and not necessarily be the focal point. Like case in point with Carmela this past Friday. Carmela has very, very striking features. And then she has this platinum blonde hair and they went super dark on her makeup. And it just made her look more masculine in the face, which is not necessarily a terrible thing, but it did not wear well on her. So when you have that super dark hair, her skin was extremely tanned, Makeup was darker, and then you do like this super dark, smoky eye, hella glitter. It and she's already got like very filled in, and it just it just didn't look right. It made her, and I really don't. I hate to say it like this, but it was true. It made her look cheap. So right with makeup is you're going to do that, then you have to encompass your entire look when you wear your makeup. Now, I don't think you should match your clothes to your eyeshadow. I think that's a big-ass no-no. I don't think you should ever do that. But I do think when you're thinking about makeup, doing somebody makeup, and you want them to look fucking A. Oh, Jesus. The house phones are ringing. Every time. Every goddamn time. Pick up the house. That's my grandmother. That's my grandma. Okay, they picked it up. Awesome. <laughs> when you're thinking about makeup and you want to do something glamorous, I, that look doesn't look great on her. For me, they should have went soft glam with her. And, and then, too, when you factor in someone's hair and makeup, people don't understand colors bounce off of everything. And you don't just look at someone's face. You look at their entire Look, everything comes together. So I think specifically for Carmela, they should have went softer on, on her makeup and just played up her hair, her clothes, and everything like that. She's already coming out like this glam queen. She don't need the striking dark makeup. That contour made her nose look bigger. It just, it just was a mess. Oh, and I felt bad for her because people have been like going in on her online for some reason. And I don't know why people like to say that Carmel is ugly for some reason. Like I never I like I don't understand that. 
I never mm-hmm. understood that. Carmella's beautiful. I've never said I would. N- I don't understand that either. I, I didn't I think it's so weird. And I was like, what about Carmella? And she was like, I can't help. I have a big. And people are like, she got a nose job. I said, she has a big nose. I'm pretty sure she would have shrunk it if she would have got a nose job. Yeah, her nose is pretty big, but it, it wouldn't have it been as big good. if they didn't do her. I didn't have a problem with the way she looked. I thought she looked fine. Yeah. I just makeup was just too dark. It just was too dark for her. And, and that makeup department's fault. Y'all, they need to get it to fuck together over there. Because I don't think, and, and I think, I think it has more of an idea of where her character is supposed to be embodying. And I think with Carmella, because Carmella's naturally pretty to me, I. I don't think Carmella needs a shit ton of eyeshadow. You don't need all of that. And you don't need it to be that striking. I mean, her eyes were dark. I mean, it was just black, smoked out on the bottom, smoked out on the top. And then all you saw was the glitter. It just made her features very, very strong. And makeup, yes, it's meant to enhance your features, but you have to be very careful, like, with that. And I just, I just wish they just would have went a little softer with it. It would have made Carmella stand out the way she should have. Because, you know, Nicole's obsessed with being the mob wife. And she kind of embodies that. But you don't have to wear a dark black eyeliner to prove you're a badass. You don't have to do that. Also, now, people calling Carmella ugly, I want to see what y'all look like. Like foots in the face? Also on some real shit. And I like, I think Carmella is beautiful because she has very strong features. Mm-hmm. And I think, and it's just, it goes into, she doesn't have like, nat, like, you know, like that, like, you know, regular beauty standards, quote unquote. Yeah. But, and, but I think she's so, I think she's beautiful because she has, because she has strong, just very strong features like she looks like an like Italian woman even though um Liv's real name is Jesus Christ it's it's Italian Liv has the most Italian fucking name hold on I have to read it because it blows my mind every time I see it it's insane it's like Gio Gia Daddy what the fuck is that what Wild. Like she, Gianna, she Gianna, 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 Italian name and her name is fu- and then her stage name is Liv Morgan. It's like where did that come from? I have no idea. I don't know. I think sometimes, I think sometimes the mistakes that the the makeup artists make is like either they're making mistakes or the superstars themselves are doing it because Lacey does her own makeup for the most part. Lacey. She's pretty solid with the way she does her makeup. It's standard. Her contour is not muddy. She wears the same look most of the time. It's very, very simplistic. But it 
it embodies where her character is. When you look at Sasha, though, Sasha is very much a glamour girl when it comes to how she wants to be presented when she comes out. She's got a full-blown beat when she comes out there, as does Charlotte, and most of the time, Becky does, too. But Becky has a certain aesthetic that she wears when she wrestles outside of what she wears when she's like going to events and stuff her makeup is pretty simplistic in the ring when charlotte will come out there full on rhinestones on the side of her face she got it all full lashes mandy's another one but mandy does her own makeup so sometimes they do their own makeup sometimes the the glam squad in the back does their makeup I think they would benefit from just if they do their own makeup, they need to start understanding how certain things work for them specifically. I only use Carmella as an example because she was the most recent person I saw. But Bailey is another one that has sometimes makeup faux pas. I don't like the way Bailey does her eye makeup. Them two lines that be coming down at top of her nose from her eyes they irritate me they look like little little claw hooks just sitting on the sides of her nose I I don't understand it I get very very irritated by it sometimes Sasha's makeup is is off but it's rare that I see her with makeup that I don't like sometimes I don't like when they don't it, it sometimes look unfinished with Sasha the girl with skin to me should understand how certain stuff should work for their skin. Like Naomi does her makeup. She comes out there. Naomi looks solid when she comes out there. She'll wear neon eyeshadow and it's still blended. It still looks decent. And then you have shit like what happened with Lana and Bobby Lashley where he's got like a full face of fucking makeup. No setting spray. No setting spray. And eyebrows are drawn in. And it I just was like, <sighs> he kissed the girl. He literally built it <laughs> on the girl face. I was just like, nobody backstage set the man face with no powder. Y'all didn't spray him down with no setting spray. Y'all didn't do shit. Like, who is running the makeup department? I get it that we have a pandemic, so it may be limited to have people backstage, or they may not have any back there at all, but they've been making mistakes when it came to the girls with their hair and their makeup since before the pandemic. I don't know, but I think that there are, there are certain people who who don't need a ton of makeup, but they benefit from the enhancement of makeup. Carmella is one of them. Um, as is, Sasha has a too. When you see Sasha, it's um, prominent in her face, but makeup is finicky, and you have to, if you don't understand how your face works and understand where to put certain things and how to do it, it can look odd on some people i don't i don't condone attacking carmella for the way that that she looks though i that i i I don't like because in theory there was nothing 
wrong with the way Carmella looked Friday. She just hadn't been seen in months. She pops up and, you know, Carmella's like this version of Carmella, the grandiosity. It was just very, very striking. It made her features very prominent. And when you have certain features that are very strong, you want to dial them back a little bit or enhance them. Most people don't want their nose to be the center focal point. So they contour to dial it back a bit. She wasn't a terrible look. She didn't look horrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seemed that's that's a little over the top to attack her for that. She cut a decent promo, and that was as good as it was going to get. So, but other than that, we can move on. So, the NXT guys are considering to bring in, bring in crowds. Now, Janae did gather the information. I'll, I'll read it, and then she can chime in and tell you guys um, everything. But what she posted was, it seems like WWE could be going back to um, the air quotes crowd method for NXT TakeOver this weekend. We've heard that several talent and those close to talent that have said that requests were made. to bring friends and family for the crowd environment on Sunday's NXT TakeOver 30. Talent were asked on Friday afternoon to recommend names. We'll have more as it develops. So I'll just let Janae talk to you guys about it, and then we can give our thoughts. Uh, Yeah, so basically um, what the WWE is trying to do is trying to bring crowds back to um, the arena. And Let's, I'm going to be honest, that was something that they wanted to do that they originally have done before, before AEW. A lot of people are going to say that they're copying AEW. That is not true. WWE at one point had family, uh, family friends and family members in the audience, and a lot of you guys gave them shit about it, um, saying the whole COVID thing's happening, you guys shouldn't be doing this. So they stopped doing that and only allowed the NXT talent um, to be ringside. A lot of rumors were going around saying that um, the whole like mask thing. And either way, they're trying to bring crowds back. That is one of the WWE's main goal right now. They know that uh, COVID is probably going to be around for a while. Um, they know that a lot of the viewers that they have lost regardless of how shitty the storylines are, they have lost a lot of viewers due to the fact that a lot of you guys, for some reason, determine how the rest of the show is going to be depending on how the crowd responds. So a lot of people left because there was no crowd. Um, so they're going to try to slowly incorporate, like they did in the beginning, um, family, friends, family and friends of the wrestlers and to see how that goes. Um, NXT is basically the, the testing ground for that. And depending on what they can do as far as venue-wise, uh, right now they are trying to talk to Amway. Their Amway contract is up October 31st. They're trying to negotiate with Amway to see if they can start bringing crowds back in to some extent. If not, they also have uh, other people looking at other outdoor venues so they can be able um, to have crowds. 
Uh, the thing with the big way allows them, excuse me, allows them to have crowds by the state of Florida. Maybe one of you guys can correct me. Um, from what I remember, the crowd capacity is the percentage of what the venue, and that is what the venue can hold after they put up the ring, the lights, um, backstage, the uh, gorilla position, and everything else. So they are. If Amway gave, gives them the go-ahead to have crowds, you could see upwards of um, I don't think they're going to try to go for maximum percentage capacity because if that was the case, it'd be like a 1,000 or so, and there's no way you'd be able to separate them or space them accordingly because with WWE, they're going to want to make it look like it's a full arena. So you might see a couple of hundred people. Um, they also were informing some of the wrestlers to prepare to travel because if they do find an arena or an outdoor venue outside of where they're at, they will be traveling to and from there. Um, so everyone, uh, look forward to possibly starting to see, uh, fan crowds, not just family friends, not just family and friends of the wrestlers. You might start seeing just fans in general probably starting next year, sometime next year. Because, again, they don't know where, when COVID's coming back. They are losing money because they don't have fans there in attendance. So that's one of their, their main goals is having fans back. Also keeping the wrestlers safe and healthy and uh, abiding by the social distancing guidelines. But we are going to start to see fans trickling in over the next couple of months probably unless something goes horribly wrong okay you need to bring me my um my bag yeah the bag has my yeah I can leave it down there dad will eat it well how do you feel about that um I mean I'm not really as long as they're safe about it I mean AEW has been doing it for at least a month now. So I'm not, as long as they follow the safety procedures and do what needs to be done, then, you know, is now non-pulse. Like, obviously, like, we need to start, and I'm not trying to sound like, like one of those people, we need to start trying to go back to normal. We can't go back to normal, but we can try to have some type of semblance of... Mm -hmm you know, of not, and not even just to have some type of semblance of reality, but to also provide these people, provide people with jobs. Because you have to think about it, like how many people who worked in like these stadiums and football fields and baseball fields who have literally been out of a job for all, for most of the year now. Yeah. Because a lot of that stuff, I mean, except for football is... No, about stadium to go out of, is about to go out of season. Yeah, because you know them people that serve food usually be um selling the food at the kiosks and stuff. Yeah. They're not working because at the stadium. So, and it's unfortunate. So that's what how I feel about certain things. How I feel about it, honestly, it'll give hopefully give get some of those jobs back that people have missed out on. Um, but yeah, and honestly, like AEW seems to do pretty good. It seems to be doing pretty good with it. I haven't heard any like 
about any breakouts per se with them with this. Not the fans. Like, obviously, with the wrestlers, yeah, wrestlers have been having some issues, but, like, the, but with the fans itself, like, I haven't heard anything. And, obviously, if there was a breakout within, about with the crowd, obviously, they would have had a, they have to report it, because you have to, with, like, the CDC and the state and all those guidelines. So, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's whatever. And I think if they can do it safely and be okay, then I'm, I mean, non it's like more power. Um, and I'll be, and it'll be exciting for people, for them to have fans, because I know they've really, really missed that. Yeah. I know that's affected a lot of the people more than, I know that's, that's really affected the wrestlers, especially if you've seen, Say that if you watched, um, what's it called? The, not the day of, it's the day of or the chronicle or something of, of mania. And they talk about, um, and they're just talking about how upset they were to not have like a crowd. Mm Mm-hmm. And how, like, that really, like, really affected them. And how, especially, because that's when they were, like, empty, empty. Like, yeah. that's when, like, you could hear, like, a fucking pin drop empty. Yeah, it was, it so, was, it was, that was hurtful. Rhea, Rhea Ripley was really hurt. Yeah, um, Rhea Ripley was um, really upset about it. So was um, Drew McIntyre for very obvious reasons. Um, yeah. And quite a few people, um, Braun Strowman was really upset about it. Um, and this is just people I can think off the top of head that re- like that really, really affected them. So I think that, you know, it'll be good for them. I, I want them to have fans. Yeah, and I was, I was. So with AEW, their fans, their fans are not tested. Um, you have to wear a mask with the group. You stay within your group. And then whatever group, another separate group comes in, they make sure the six feet distance. I, my thought process with WWE is so you can go to your local, um, what is it called? Uh, it's like your local medical, like, community facility help me out guys uh, a clinic yeah so you can go to your and they give covid tests um at the clinic for, at the clinics for free and if they're staying within florida the wwe can even so let's say you have a let's say smackdown coming on that's going to be november 1st um you can have your start your ticket sales um uh, but I'll even, let's let's just pick a random time of the year. Let's say your ticket, your show starts September 1st. You can have your ticket sales go out, let's say July, and you can tell everybody if you're gonna purchase a ticket, you have this amount of months to go to your clinic, um, and schedule a COVID test or whatever the case may be. Even it's like two weeks, be like schedule a COVID test two weeks before the show so you can get your results back in time and in order to get permitted into the building you need to have a mask and you need to show a piece of paper that states that you have taken your COVID test I'm pretty sure the WWE will not do that because that's just too much for them um but 
my only worries is when you watch AEW, you notice people are not properly wearing their mask. They're wearing it under their nose. And there were even some people that weren't wearing masks. So my whole thing with the WWE is they need to be even extra, extra hard and strict more than AEW, AEW is and just tell the fans like, hey, if you're going to come into here at any moment we see you not properly wearing your mask or not wearing a mask at all, not only are you going to be um, permitted to leave the building, you're going to have to leave the building, but if you're with the group, your group's going to have to leave the building as well. So it's kind of like, don't don't fuck it up for everybody else. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I, I would love to me personally, I don't rely on crowds to determine how I feel about a match, but a lot of a lot of fans do. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a good morale booster for the wrestlers just to have fans back there. And I, I miss the interaction the wrestlers would have with the fans, even though they probably won't have that much interaction. But I, I just miss like the the talking shit and, and the whole nine. So yeah, I I think it'll be fun. I think it. As long as they're careful and they do their due diligence to protect the fans and the superstars, it's fine. Um, no, go ahead. There's going to be one idiot who's going to be banging on that plexiglass a little too hard and they're going to go right over. <laughs> I'm fine with it as long as they're safe about it. And they're, if they are able to implement these guidelines, because, you know, like KO is a big advocate for making sure that he's safe, the superstars are safe. So if something ain't right, he's going to speak up and say something. So I hope you know WWE try to bring in, bring in more people than AEW. You know that's going to happen because AEW is only bringing in, I think, 175 people. But it's at the percentage, the 10% capacity of what Davies Place can hold us. I believe it's 10%. So you know the WWE, like, we're going to try to go for 300 people. Or at least try to go for the percentage of what NXT uh, full sell. Because full sell can hold at full capacity, I believe, 400 people. All right. Well, good luck and Godspeed. That's all I can say on that. So, yeah, I hope they don't try to do that just to one up them because that's stupid and that's not, you know, keeping people safe. Exactly. Yeah, so it's just like. Ah, but I, you know, I don't put nothing past them. Well, Kyrie Sane is, has announced on Twitter that she's going to be working with WWE Japan. I'm just glad Kyrie Sane is happy and in her home with her husband and she's living her best life so good for Kyrie. I don't know exactly what she's gonna be doing with WWE Japan, but she's over there. And that's all because yeah, WWE Japan has been put on the back burner for now. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure yeah like she, she was recently I believe at a stardom match backstage and stuff. So yeah I'm happy that she's at home. She's with her family and her um her her husband um, and she's getting all the rest she needs. So I'm pretty sure from what I was hearing, like when they do bring if WWE, WWE Japan does happen, she's not going to be a wrestler, which that can obviously change. 
but more so like maybe one of the producers backstage or in charge of like the women's uh, division there, um, which would be pretty cool because, you know, you might see some of the superstars we have over here once we can travel, go over there and face some of their like best uh, uh, Japanese uh, Joshi wrestlers. So I'm pretty yeah. excited about that. Oh, I would take my ass over there in two fucking seconds. I know (laughs) someone who I can see probably really doing a lot with that since they like being in Japan anyway is a Tony Storm. Mm -hmm. Um, I can see Sasha Banks um, going over there for a little bit. Um, I think especially if she becomes women's champion, I think it'd be really good. Well, who knows? NXT Japan probably is not started for a long time, so, um, but it'd be, I think it'd be good for her to go over there, um, who's, there's some other, some, a couple of them UK bitches be going to Japan a lot, so I don't know, some of them, as long as I don't see Bree Priestley, I'm okay. Well, there you have because it apparently, because Will Osprey said this like a while ago, so I'm gonna take this shit with a grain of salt. Um, and he tried to say that like WWE like reached out to her like before like she signed with AEW, and I, I was like I can't picture them reaching out for her. Yeah, I don't think it's happening because she's not with AEW anymore, and I haven't heard anything about them even remotely talking to Bea Priestley. I'm oh no! This is like shit. this is way this is way before that. This is like this is before this is before speaking out movement. I'm hearing more Tessa Blatt. Oh god! This was yeah. It was like early quarantine. He did um an interview and he said that and I was like I was like I don't know. I he because he said WWE reached out to him. I was like okay that makes sense. I could see that. But um. Oh, I'm in WWE either. Well, they well they did for the cruiserweight classic. Um, excuse me. Um, he's done that for. They reached out for him for the cruiserweight class. Cruiserweight classic. I can't fucking speak because they reached out to a lot of people. That's how they got like Jack Gallagher. That's how they got Rich Swan. That's how they got um. Fuck, they had um Zack Sabre Jr. was in it. Um that's how they were trying to they they got a lot of the European wrestlers and New Japan esque people via the Cruiserweight cl- um classic. So I I wasn't really surprised by that, but that's besides the point. But I'm um, happy for Kyrie, good for her. I'm not surprised. Alrighty then. <laughs> so we got some more news on the third party restrictions that have been implemented for superstars. So if you've been paying attention, you know WWE shut down the superstars from using Cameo and Twitch and any other third party platform with their wrestling names. Now Vince McMahon sent out a memo to the superstars letting them know they had until I think it was the, the second or the third, I'm not sure, to shut down their current cameos or they would be fined. 
and they have to go through the WWE to set up the cameos through their WWE cameo partnership. The money that they make off of cameo would then be funneled through WWE and they would get a piece of it. So, of course, a lot of people are upset. And some superstars, excuse me, are upset because they feel as though they don't have the same they don't have the same amount of money as a Roman Reigns or a um, Charlotte Flair. So them using Cameo was another way for them to supplement their income. And now WWE has kind of snatched that away from them, especially with them taking a piece of their money. So there are some superstars who are voicing their frustrations and are upset about it. Others are just like, okay, whatever. You can't pay charge $350. But I went on Cameo a couple days back, and Biggie was one of the first people who popped up for Cameo. So he's still on there. Um, whether they have it set up because WWE partnered with Cameo, they want the stuff to go through them first, and then they'll break down their piece. So basically, they just wanted their cut. They wanted their cut of the proceeds. Now, and they can very easily go back on Cameo and not use their ring name if they are, are a popular suit but for somebody who has been stuck in the back of and like only works the live shows that might be difficult for them to garner a cameo of course people know what you look but people know you by your ring name so for you not to have that up there and you're going by something else it can be a little frustrating for some superstars so I see different sides it is kind of WWE to kind of take that away from them, especially in this hard time. I know they've been smacked, but at the same time, this little bit amount of money that WWE may gain from Cameo isn't going to supplement their live shows being canceled. So I think they should have just let the superstars charge whatever they wanted to charge for the Cameos or make the money on Twitch. I mean, they're not making substantial money being stationary for WWE right now. A lot of the superstars have been cut. Um, some of their money, has they're not, you know, being paid what they normally are getting paid. So it's hard on everybody. What do you guys think? <laughs> I, um, so you can go first, Janae. Two more uh, diggity, diggity, digging. Uh, it seems like, yes, the WWE has come to an agreement with Cameo. So it seems like the wrestlers, if they want to stay on Cameo using their ring name, whatever money that they make will actually go to their downside pay that the WWE gives them, um, which is shitty because they're not making any extra money. That's just going towards what they're already getting paid. And so for like a downside is basically what they're guaranteed by the WWE and any money they make after the downside, that's just for them to keep. Um, so for the for the wrestlers that are the big names like Biggie, Roman Reigns, uh, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flairs, um, they're not really going to be hurting from this because they have a bunch of other things they have going on. But like Tiff said, for people that don't really get a lot of TV time, people only know them by their wrestling names, this is going to um, hurt them a little bit. Well, a whole lot, actually. Um, I've seen Paige speak out about it, you know, saying like, hey, I built this 
with you know my fans. These are fans that I had before I came into the WWE when I was wrestling as an independent wrestler. Um, this is my channel, basically. So I can see why a lot of the wrestlers are upset about it. Um, there is no house shows. So whatever extra money that they were getting from house shows and selling of, you know, shirts and, and hats and socks or whatever the case may be, they're not going to see any of that income coming in unless, again, you're one of the big wrestlers that have a high sell rate. Again, like the Roman Reigns, the Blisses, the Baileys, the, you know, the Oscars, the Sasha Banks. Charlotte's kind of up there, but not really up there. Um, so, yeah, it's really shitty. So, I found out some information, well, a loophole of some sorts. Um, so, if there's any wrestlers out there listening... Take this to your lawyer and see if you can get away with this. Um, so from what I'm hearing, AJ Styles' Twitch page isn't technically his Twitch page. It belongs to his son. So for instance, oh. so for instance, if we were all wrestlers, let's say me, Tiff, Nicole, and Alexis were wrestlers and we have this thing brought to us, let's say Tiff, Tiff's husband went out and started, let's say, a Twitter or a YouTube under his name, all his information, it belongs mm -hmm. to him. He cannot take that page from him because he's not a wrestler. He's under no contract. And let's say Tiff was on his YouTube, Twitch, or whatever, once a week doing makeup tutorials, but not under her ring name, but under her birth-given name. She's not talking about wrestling. Mm -hmm. She's in character. She's not doing anything that will show you that she is a WWE wrestler. She is Tiff, whatever her last name is, and she's doing makeup tutorials. The WWE <laughs> cannot take that from Tiff's husband. They cannot get a piece of the pie because any money that's being monetized or advertisement is going to Tiff's husband. That is a small, small. Now, the WWE can't say, well, the reason why you have so many people watching you, there, you have so many people trying to get sponsorships off you is because of off the, the off of what we off of your character that we as a company built. But at the same time, you can say, which is true, but I'm not on this Twitch. I'm not on this YouTube. I'm not on any of these channels as the character that you built for me. I'm on as me, my birthright given name, and whoever decides to come and look at it, that's a choice that they make. Right. So there is a small loophole. So wrestlers, if you're listening and you're in the WWE, talk to your lawyer and see if you can go through with that. So for instance, let's say if Sasha wanted to start a Twitch or a YouTube, she can put it in her husband, Makazi's name, because he's not a independent contractor. He's just a full-time employee that makes gear, so he's not under the same rules as Sasha is. And as long as he posts one or two videos of him working out, cooking something, throwing a ball to the dog that they have, and let's say Sasha goes up there once or twice a week under Mercedes, MKV, they cannot take that from Sarah because he does not fall under the guidelines that the WWE has set for their independent contracted wrestlers. Right. I only got one thing when it comes to Paige, and then I'll let you guys finish. Um, 
I, I really don't know why she's still employed with WWE. And I don't mean to be shitty about it, but what is Paige doing? Is Paige a producer backstage for the women's division? Like, I'm curious as to what she does because WWE backstage got canceled. So, and Renee left shortly after that. So, like, she doesn't come on panel a lot for the pay-per-views anymore. So, I'm just curious as to what she does that she's continued on the payroll. And is Paige still considered an independent contractor of WWE? Or, because my, my question is, how does this imply to, because I would imagine the ring announcers, the commentators, their contracts would have to be different from what the WWEs have, right? Well, from what my knowledge is, so Mike Rowe, who is the ring announcer, he, when he was talking about it, he was subjected to the same rules. That's why he changed his Twitch to his real name. Um, okay. So I'm thinking that maybe, because the thing is, I'm thinking that maybe they have some sort of like a contract, but it's not the same as the wrestlers because a lot of the the uh, people that are doing like contracts for like commentary, they're still using a stage name in a sense. Yeah. So they it's still might have the that. last name is usually the stage yeah. name. Like they have like um. Charlie Caruso, actually uh, Mike, Mike, whoever does, he does the ring announcing. Yeah. Whatever his last name is in WWE is not his real last name. The same thing with Renee. Um, same. I think Kayla Brax's name is actually Kayla Braxton now. If I'm not mistaken, um, like Dasha, who's on AEW, like obviously her whatever. I forgot whatever name she was in day AEW wasn't her real name. I mean, her in in WWE wasn't her real last name. So <laughs> Quentin. Yeah. So yeah, I think they're under they they're under a contract, but it's slightly different from the from WWE wrestlers. But it's along the same lines that their names are still trademark names that the WWE owns. So it's just one of those things, like, as long as you, you know, you pretty much change your name, which, for, like I said, for some big-name superstars, it wouldn't matter regardless if they change their name. Their fans are still going to be there. And then for some, um, it might be an issue, like, uh, Xavier Woods changed his Twitter handle to his real name, Austin Creed. Um, yeah. His name. But another thing, too, is the reason why a lot of the wrestlers that are on Twitch are upset a lot of them hold charity events and they hold charity events for people that like, I know Median was having a charity event for a guy who needed surgery for a new kidney. Um, um, what's your, uh, Zelina had a, recently held a charity event on Twitch to help someone help someone's cat have surgery so they could live. So a lot of these wrestlers do hold charity events and they're worried that these charity events where their fans are donating money to help for an actual cause, some of that money is not going to be given to the recipients because the WWE is going to want their cut of whatever advertisement or whatever pay or whatever money they need off of these streams. So that's one of their biggest work. My thing is, if it's a charity thing, WWE shouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole because none of the superstars are eating that 
money. Exactly. So if WWE hasn't made it exactly clear as of yet to what they define as money that belongs to the WWE and what money could be given to charity. They haven't defined that yet. So that's what a lot of the wrestlers are kind of like concerned about. Well, they're going to have to clean that up. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that Paige shouldn't be upset. But my issue with her specifically is, one, she's part of the reason why these changes were implemented in the first place. Not just, like, the COVID-19 and all that shit, but her Twitch alone is one of the Twitch accounts that was spreading a lot of bullshit, okay? So you got that. A lot of shit was leaking through people's Twitch accounts because they were too busy being mouth almighty trying to get people to watch their Twitch. So they tell it everything. It's like, I I understand you built this Twitch outside of the WWE. Cool. Were you Paige when you built this Twitch or were you Soraya? Which, which one started the Twitch? Exactly. <laughs> and my thing is, and sorry, and just to piggyback off you, Tiff, she used her she used her being in WWE to get those people over there. I mean, yes, so did the other superstars, but at least they're active wrestlers. Thank you. She's just hanging around. Like no offense to her, but it's true. Like literally she's just hanging around. She's not on they don't have backstage anymore. No. Nope. She was she's really not fucking doing much. So she's hanging around that's what I do. What'd you say? Excuse me, sorry, I was drinking water. She's hanging around, but she's still getting the paycheck. She's but still getting not, paid. That's my thing. I'm not, I, I understand the other guys. I really do. Because if that was me and you taking something from me, first of all, I would, I would hire a lawyer with the money I got and I would fight that because you're now telling me I can't do nothing, but you're not paying me like an employee. You're paying me like I'm operating on my own merit but you want to control how I operate that ain't how this shit works bro you either pay me as a salaried employee of your company or I could do what the fuck I wanted period so as far as I'm concerned the superstars who are upset who aren't making that kind of money I got you I'm with you on that but you Paige nah I can't I can't ride with you because one you're part of the reason why this shit is going down. And you can't convince me that it's not. Because Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss, and Renee Young, and I think some and Natalia were all, all on your t- Nia out here telling everybody that basically she alluded to Ronda Rousey beating the hell out of Alexa Bliss all the time. It was just like, why are you telling this shit on, on fucking Twitch? Why are you doing this? She's just sitting there, and she's done that more, multiple times where they said shit on that Twitch account that should not have been said. AJ Styles is another one, giving up storylines, the ending to storylines, telling people who's going to get fired, why, um, how things was going to go with this storyline. AJ Styles was giving up hella tea on his Twitch, so they had to cut the line somewhere. You can't complain. When you cause the drip, bitch, you can't do that. Furthermore, your Twitch account was not built off of your wrestling career before you got to WWE. Oh, she's, and that's what makes me mad. She's being messy. Um, Lana's is also, um, she's also a big problem. 
and I do understand, like, I don't like how they're the people who weren't with the shits bags are getting messed up because that's what's happening. So this is excluding those people who just use this as like an extra income or whatever. And that's perfectly fine. And they should. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We've been rocking for quite some time and we appreciate every single one of you guys for being a part of our growth and, you know, listening and giving us your feedback. So as a big announcement, we have started a TikTok. So if you would like to go over to TikTok and see what some of the ladies have been coming up with for innovative videos, go ahead over there and check us out. As always, you can follow us on at down for the count 19 on Twitter and at D4TC underscore podcast. Our TikTok is at down for the count 19. So we're having a great time on that TikTok account. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Now, if you guys ever want to get in contact with us, if you want to send us messages, if you want us to talk about specific topics, please, please, please hit us up on our social media platforms or right here on Anchor, okay? We appreciate every single one of you. We love you so much. And thank you so much for being a part of the growing family of Down for the Count. We'll see you guys back in there. Should have every capability to do that. And um, it's just... It's like you had people who's just messing up for everybody else. So, so it's like you have pages stream, which is messy. And then you have um, Lana taking endorsement deals, which she should, which she should have. I don't, she, she should know fucking better than that. And I, I mean, like the fans. So, like, let's take Cameo for instance. Like, the way that the WWE sets up their meet and greets. Granted, they're only 125 bucks. That's pretty cheap. 125 to 100 and like 50, 75, depending on who the superstar is. But you only get max a minute and 15, and it's that goes by pretty quick. And I know. I was like looking at, I was reading a lot of fans comments where some of the fans were like, yeah, it's great. You know, I pay like 150 and I get like a minute, to a minute and 15 with my superstar. Um, they send me the video that I can have forever. And it's just like, but I'm only allowed to ask like one question and then tell them how much I really love them. And a lot of fans are like, we, I like that, but they're like, I don't mind paying the extra $300 to get a two and a half to three minute video that's super personalized from my favorite superstar where I can ask them a couple of questions and it seems more genuine as opposed to they come on camera. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You're good. That's great. So the question I had answered the question, well, thanks for, thanks for, you know, coming to the meet and greet Bye, And then they move on to the next one. So, and then once you get like further down the line, you can start to slowly see when, like, the superstars are, like, they're still trying to be happy because they're talking to their fans. But you can see how tired they are because they're talking. They're doing, like, an hour to two-hour meet and greet. And they're meeting. It's, like, a hundred and something people because they only get, like, 
a minute, a minute to a minute at 15. So it's a new face every time, as opposed to when they're on cameo and stuff like that. You know, you have, you can, you have your own time limit. You can say, I typically get back, back to all my cameos in like a seven day, seven to 10 day period. And you just, you send it, you do it, and you send it. So I can see where the fans are like, it doesn't, more, it doesn't seem as genuine and personal with these meet and greets that the WWE is setting up as opposed to it seems more genuine and personal when they do the cameos. And the fact that with the cameos, they know that the money that they're giving is going straight to the superstar besides the cut wow. that cameo takes. Y'all gonna have to, if any of your superstars listen to our podcast or share it and y'all hear it, y'all gonna have to band together and um, protect y'all y'all intellectual property because even though yeah wwe owns the name technically they own the likeness they cannot bring nobody else in there to be sasha banks if they do motherfuckers is gonna riot nobody else can come in there dress like Dolph ziggler and you say oh that's Dolph ziggler so yes in a sense you do own the intellectual property but without the person the body that you've been selling as this intellectual property, you don't have shit. So sorry, just let these motherfuckers make their money. You're not missing out on much on these damn cameos and Twitch accounts. For real, for real. Let these people for Roman, for probably. And I don't know, Sasha. I feel like Sasha probably makes a lot of money on cameo too because she has a bunch of stuff. On it's the people who have stands, like, like Roman Reigns. He if, charges. Uh, if Becky wasn't fucking cooking a baby, she'd be somebody else who would, I mean, and that's, that's no shade her, but she is cooking a baby. If she wasn't busy doing that, she'd be making a killing off a cameo. Like, I, I was I was a little curious about, like, who makes what and, like, how, before this became an issue, like, how much they were, how much they were, like, pushing out videos. I believe when last time I checked, Roman Reigns, I think, was charging six or seven hundred dollars per cameo. God, that's Um, I don't remember how much cameo takes as a cut. I want to say it's like twenty percent, maybe even thirty. But so there was that Sasha when she first started her cameo, she was only charging I think it was like two fifty, two seventy five. And then she just got bombarded with a bunch of requests. So she bumped it up to, I think, 350 And Roman Reigns at the time, he was pushing out stuff, but not a lot. But he was pushing out enough where it's like he was making a good couple of grand a week. Sasha was pushing out a lot of cameos. So in one month, I wouldn't be surprised if she was making over like $10,000 a month just from cameos. Um, Big E, I think his is like 125, 175, and he was pushing out, he was probably making a good couple thousand dollars from cameos every couple of weeks. So it's just I like earlier this I saw his cameo earlier this week, and he's only charging like 150 for a video, and I think it was 75 for a message. It's not that bad. I mean, he had a lot of people saving his stuff to yeah. Yeah, so if you think about I don't like, understand. So if you think about like like this like let's just take Sasha Banks, like what her fans will do to support her. Like the girl came out with shoes that were priced, I think, like sixty bucks. 
sold out. All of her uh, chalk line stuff sold out. She's about to come out with another shoe from Puma that's already getting buzzed. She's working on a jewelry line. She's working on hats. She's working on a bunch of stuff that literally sells out within like the like the first day. So with her cameo, she was easily outside of WWE. Sasha Banks is she's making money. So I can see with WWE coming in and saying, nah, son, we can't, we ain't we ain't having that. She's easily probably losing like 20 grand a month. The only leg WWE has to stand off is the fact that they signed the contract. And as vague as the contract is, it does tell them that they have to consult with WWE first before doing these things. But to me, a pandemic is emergency times. They doing what they can to survive. Wrestling is not a sport that inspires longevity or financial security. So for you to cut them off at the knees like that, especially the guys who are not making upwards of six figures a year, really disheartening and it really shows how much you care for your superstars at the bare minimum they should be able to at least do this yeah at the bare minimum and if your only thing is well we built your name fuck it fuck it if i was them if you got real loyal fans your fans will follow you no matter what your name is or where you going so if you decide okay okay, this is my Twitch, I'm going to do this, and they're they not going to stop me from doing it. Change your shit to your name or your indie name, because they don't own that, and just tell everybody on your social media, if you want to follow me on Twitch, I'm on Twitch, we can do this. They will still go to support you. They will still do all of that. You just got to do your due diligence to get them. You also will gain non-wrestling fans, because you're on a platform that isn't specifically geared to wrestling. Now, Cameo, that may be a little bit more difficult. But if you're gaming and you're a gamer like that, or you want to do a YouTube channel where you vlog and all that kind of shit, those type of platforms work with just simple steps, consistency, and decent content. That's all you have to have. There are millions of channels on YouTube. I have one, and thousands of people have channels. Millions of people have channels across the world. As long as you post consistently and you have decent content, play video games that are trending, talk about things that are trending, make sure you vlog, do things that you know is going to catch people's eye on the trending page, you will be fine. You will make money. You will gain superstars. I mean, you will gain followers and subscribers and all that shit. All your social medias, all that shit. You'll gain all of that. You just have to keep it up. That's it. And just make sure you tell people you on Cameo. Put the link in your bio, in Linktree or whatever you use, and you can still do it. But if you can't do that, in the meantime, all of you fucking wrestlers at WWE need to band together and fight this shit. Band together and something in someone else's name. The WWE cannot take that. Go ahead. They are, at the end of the day, they're a conglomerate and they're about making money. And you are the ones who make them money. I I keep saying this, but I don't think nobody, y'all are the reason why WWE 
is what they are. Yeah, right now would have been the best time for y'all to shut the fuck down. Shut everything down. We not doing shit until you follow our rhetoric. They can't make no money without you. They just can't. And even if the pandemic ends, and I mean everybody, NXT UK, from WWE, NXT, everybody in there together, all you wrestlers shut down together, there is nothing that Vince McMahon can do. Yes, he can bring in other superstars who are thirsty to be in WWE, but but they won't be the people who have been building the company for the last 10 years. And that's where his bread and butter is. Regardless of how he feels about New Day, Kofi, Roman, or anybody else, at the end of the day, without those building blocks and those stepping stones of superstars, he has no company. He has nothing. So all of y'all have to start thinking like that instead of thinking for yourself and your family. You have to think for the betterment of the business because the people who come behind you are the ones who are going to have to suffer right along with you. And if you don't start making changes now to fix what's going on, things will continue and they will get worse. They will start to try to control even more, which Andrew Yang mentioning the WNS itself is great because then they will force there to make them do right. So hopefully things go right, right <laughs> and Andrew Yang gets the spot. But even if he doesn't, if he makes enough noise, he can start to cause some questions as to the questioning the validity of these contracts. And then people can start getting lawyers and looking over these contracts to really understand what they're signing which i always recommend i don't care if you're brand new you don't have any money go to the lawyer and be like look i'm getting ready to get signed i'll pay you when i get signed i need your help you know most lawyers will do whatever they can they sharks in the water they'll they smell blood they don't give a shit get a lawyer and always look over contracts never ever sign a contract without reading it and understanding it first because you get yourself in some mess that you can't get out of. And Vince has an army of lawyers that he uses when he fucks up, but every time he does it, doesn't always mean he's going to win. All right? Protect your ass. Always. And it doesn't matter how many people they have in their company. There's nobody like Sasha Banks. There's nobody like Bailey. Those people are who they are. I don't care how many names they've created, and that's their intellectual property. That's true. Yeah, but without those women and men who embody these characters, those characters would not exist. They wouldn't be there. So you're just as important as the name and the look. You're just as important. So know your worth is the point. Now we can move on to the final parts of this podcast. So the wrestling journalists of the dirt sheets have been leaving. Now, last week, as far as I can remember, it was last week. It might have been two weeks ago. Gary Cassidy reported that he was leaving Sports Kita. He cited why he was leaving. And that kind of shook people a little. This week, Ryan Satin announced that he was leaving Wrestling Sheet. He didn't, I didn't see where he said why he was leaving. He did say somebody else was going to be taking over that post to, you know, continue on with the integrity 
but he did say that he was leaving. So, Janae, you're the one who sent the Ryan Satin information. Do you have any more info on that topic? I do not. I just know he posted it saying effective immediately um, that he was leaving. Um, and so it else was going to take his spot. Just lately, a lot of people have been leaving their respective companies just because people are starting to figure out that either A, the person leaving is not as credible as they people thought they were, like Tom Colohue, um, or someone like Gary Cassidy, and I forgot the other guy, it's like Dan something, left because people like, uh, the people like Tom Colohue were basically saying their work wasn't trustworthy. Um, so it's starting to become a thing where it's like the wrestling, the dirt sheet community, people are starting to go to them more and rely on certain information. And they're also starting to get called out a lot by these wrestlers from all over the board, WWE, AEW, Impact, ROH. They're starting to get called out for their bullshit. Um, and not just, not just, just the dirt sheet journalists in general, but even the whole, you know, company as in general and for some if you if you're a dirt sheet writer and let's say you do have sources within certain companies but you have other people that are in that company that don't have any sources that are making things up just to see if it sticks and you have these wrestlers constantly call them out that makes the company look bad which makes you look bad to where it looks like you may not have any sources yourself no matter how right you could be right. it could be like oh they just threw something at the wall to see if it stuck and they got lucky so that's why you're seeing a lot of mass exodus of certain people from certain dirt sheets because their work is starting to be called in, in question because of who their company, who their former company is hiring as a writer. So with Ryan Satin, I'm again, I'm not sure why. I'm pretty sure we'll find out within the coming weeks. But that seems to be a big wave that is happening. So for everyone out there that's listening to the podcast, when you hear a rumor don't just up and believe it. Do your research. Look at other sources and see, are they saying the same thing? How many people are saying the same thing? And the group of people that are saying the same thing, how trustworthy are their sources? How accurate have they been in any of the news that they have been saying? And if you were to do that, and it's only it'll only take you literally five minutes, max maybe 10. And if you do that, you'll start to realize there is only a handful on one hand that I can count that are actually around 100% right to like 95% right and the 5% are not right it's because something has changed but they were able to get the information and tell you exactly what changed it's not like a Dave Meltzer where there are like plans change but he doesn't actually know anything because he was wrong they'll actually tell you what changed and they were right so just just do your detective work people what do you think, Nicole? I think it has to do with, I think, I'm just going to piggyback with all JNA saying, like, people are figuring out that, like, sir, that some of these people are full of shit. And he is, and Ryan Satin is one of them. Um, a big thing I think we know is the issue with the whole crying on the floor thing. With Sasha mm. Banks and Bailey. There is no reason that he should have ran with that story. When he didn't even have all of the co- confirmation for it. 
Mm. And I never understood. And then not only that, it's like Sasha Banks also, and this is what also made me mad. She just in general, she has also always been, you know, like talked down upon and saying that, oh, she like, she's mean to fans because she creates boundaries because some wrestling fans don't have fucking boundaries and they feel like Mm -hmm. they have agency over them just because they fucking buy a t-shirt or go to raw whatever times a year and so on and so on and so that also didn't help with that and also the things that she was going through mentally like her mental health wasn't in the best place and she was like literally about to wrap it up and that and that whole situation was kind of like just the icing on the cake for her she had to go she was gone how long was Sasha gone for five months yeah so she was gone for that long and even and he was called out for that shit and rightfully so he should have been called out for it and he has apologized for it but he's still never really taken the responsibility that I feel that he should have for it. And that still always upset me. And the other thing for it is I just I just think he's full of shit. He just always kind of always has been, always will be in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think this is him realizing, like, okay, since a lot of these dirt cheap people are kind of getting exposed for, you know, not knowing or not doing shit. He's, Better leave he now. Like, yeah, he, that's what he said. He's just, it's literally just getting out of a dodge. I don't respect him. I never have had really much respect for him anyways. And this whole situation, like, made it a lot worse, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. He's just gonna go off and make lies somewhere else. I just don't believe. <laughs> I just don't. I don't. I don't feel sorry for him. I don't feel any type of way. And I, I don't know. I think he should have gotten more backlash for the Sasha story because he literally did that fucking Sasha story, and then it looks like he get fucking rewarded because he was on backstage yep. for a bit from time to time. Yep. He was they um he was always breaking the news for them. So I don't I don't know. I, I'm I'm just waiting for the day when Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer get theirs. Then I'll be satisfied. So Last part of the podcast is the draft. ladies and gents that's all we got we ain't got no more thank you so much for listening make sure you guys follow us on our social medias at down for the count 19 is our twitter it is very active lively the girls are constantly at work tweeting they live tweet aew they live tweet impact occasionally 
They live tweet Raw, SmackDown, and NXT on occasion. And they live tweet NXT UK as well. So if you want to get some funny reactions to what's happening on your TV screen with all of the wrestling stuff that we watch, then make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. Instagram, she's a little bit more quiet. You know, we we post occasionally on our Instagram and that is at D4TC underscore podcast. If you would like to collaborate with us or if you would like us to discuss a specific topic or if you just want to send us a message, don't feel bad. Feel free to make sure you guys hit us up on any of our social media platforms, whether it be Twitter or Instagram, we will answer you back. Or you can always hit us up through Anchor. Anchor allows you to send us personal messages. So if you want a message to be sent to us, then feel free to hit us up on Anchor. Now, please stay tuned because the draft is coming up this coming week on Friday, starting at... Um, Smackdown, and we have some prospects and possibilities of what may or may not happen on the draft for the next couple of days. Also, don't forget to make sure you guys check out NXT TakeOver 31. I know I keep plugging it, but it's always a good show. TakeOver is always great, okay? So make sure you guys check it out on the WWE Network, and we'll see you guys next time. 